0: You're with Julian on the Brown Note with an enormous backlog of albums and a review of the latest album by the UK band, The Clientele, called I'm Not There Anymore, uh, which came out a little, probably two months ago? No, actually about six weeks ago. I've got so many albums to get through, so unfortunately these two are long form reviews, uh, the first two up. I've got to say, is this t-shirt too much? I've got some new t-shirts and it seemed like a good idea at the time. And then I was putting it on, and it's really vivid, and I was thinking, am I going to get asked to actually leave places? It's it's a bit much, maybe. There's a review of French Connection 2 in the podcasts, I think, going back a few years. So the Clean Tail were one of these bands that I thought I knew everything about, and Beth Orton's going to come up again at the end, uh, if I remember, where they're always good, and they've got a very referenceable style which is in their case very sort of six post-60s psychedelic acoustic mainly pop slash chamber pop very sort of soft and gentle a little bit post nick drake as well um and they were they were quite a big thing around 2000 their their debut album and the follow-up i got both suburban light and the violet hour and they became known for this as this very sort of gentle, lilting, slightly psychedelic, folky, pop indie band. And I just stopped paying attention, really. And they've carried on, which was a surprise to me. And um, they've only released two albums in the last 13 years. Music for The Age of Miracles was the last in 2017. And this one, I am. Not there anymore is the band paired down to a three piece of Alastair MacLean, the writer and singer, and Mark Keane and James Hornsey. Alastair MacLean has a, fa- a claim to fame, which is that he turned down the original draft of Harry Potter uh, when he was working for a publisher. And this album is got two main reference points. One, I think it was written during COVID, I'm not 100% sure, but it was certainly about the death of his mother. Maybe Maria? has not got it in here. One of the songs does indeed reference that name. Um, But the thread of the album is the nostalgia of his youth and childhood and the memories of his mother, and at times quite darkly, uh, other times wistfully, and not only sort of reverentially about him running around with a hula hoop as a child but also you know sitting in the backs of cars smoking when he was a teenager and and stuff like that it's full of um, really vivid lyrical vignettes and the the other thing apart from this thematic cohesive whole around the death of his mother is the fact that this band known for very traditional songwriting and instrumentation got computers in their own words I think they said and this is an album that is far more experimental than I would have given them credit for being able to do and there's intermissions throughout the album there's field recordings there's uh, spoken word segments which really do bolster this album you can hear because it's very long 19 tracks long and taps out at just over 63 minutes. You could tell if they compressed it down to the really quite good normal songs that they would do in the sort of psych, psych pop acoustic psych pop vein that that would have been you know, a 40 minute long traditional clientele album but they've... is it clientele or clientele? I'm going to go with clientele because they're British. And that would have made a, a fine album, but it would have been one of their normal albums. And I mentioned like Beth Orton. Beth Orton's album last year completely changed my opinion of her by really pushing the experimental envelope and delivering a whole new act. This is halfway there. Um, this is an album peppered with experimentation, even in the individual tracks, So not enough, with uh, some of the uh, flourishes and looped beats and, um elements in the songs that might not have been there before which um, show a wider imagination on the arrangements on the tracks. The opener as well is um, eight and a half minutes long which is unusual for a band who mainly stay in a pocket when it comes to songwriting stylistically and time-wise sort of three thirty four minute tracks. It's um, called Fables of the Silverlink and I'm assuming that it is about the train line the Silverlink and that I've, I've got a fascination for these train lines I'm from London and we have the tube in London which is the underground subway network but there's the overland network which goes to dreary and more out of the way places places you might not really want to go unless you live there and I always remember Silverlink being one of those lines that pass through kind of more desolate parts of London Overland as well, it didn't go to Camden, it went to like Camden North. Um, And you just get slightly weirder folk on it as well. Um, And it's got lyrics, Alicia Makenas from Spain. Uh, It does the Spanish uh, lyrics on it. So she might be the female voice. Um, It's got a very arresting sort of violin and breakbeat opening, uh, which is surprising. Um, and dying in vain uh, as a lyric Um, it's quite poppy and it's also got um, multiple uh, parts to the arrangement which leads to a review I'm going to do next another very long review of Love's Forever Changes album which come up. so basically I watched and reviewed Jacob's Ladder and this album by the clientele both really reminded me of the album Forever Changes by Love. So I'm gonna do a review of that. Um, It's a very ambitious track to get underway with and it sort of sets the scene for the fact that they're on a slightly different tangent with this album. The second track, um, "Radial B and the fourth track and the eighth and 10th tracks are all called radial letter and they're piano interludes which sort of uh, glue segments of the album together um garden eye mantra is a bit of a sleight of hand because the first two minutes of this four and a half minute song are just instrumental and i didn't think there were going to be any lyrics coming out and it's got um a band that we're associated with their style called broadcast whose female lead singer i can't remember the name of passed away about i think about f- seven or eight years ago a great band look up come on let's go terrific track and it's got that same sort of 60 psych folk with a bit of um, trip-hop vibe coming in and a kind of wandering bassline which I really liked as well but the lyrics as well and the little incidental details in the back of a hatchback cigarettes glowing uh, it's got that it's got a slightly sort of pictures of matchstick men um, the status quo some warping of the vocal. Um, Which was really, really good. Um, Number five, Lady Grey. Uh, This album sort of is the standard clientele psych pop song with a little bit of embellishment, usually with something in between of each track. And Lady Grey is another one, perhaps a stronger track uh, than the second one. All the beautiful things are opaque. It's got some lovely lyrics on it. Um, And another really strong pop song, and the live drumming this time instead of that, trip-hop breakbeat of um, garden eye mantra um dying in may uh definitely about his mother but most of the songs do sort of reference her lyrically in some way it's got a more insistent um live percussion as well and not for the first time in this album it made me think very briefly and slightly of indian music maybe r- raga music and also the fact that the the sort of ins- insistent drumming is a very sort of soft version of the Beatles' Tomorrow Never Knows, which is also reminds me of Indian music as well. And it's sort of looping as well. Um, Seven is the first real f- full-blown spoken word piece, and it's um, like a lyrical vignette fragment of a, s- a short story with um, music in the background that sort of breaks off at the end um, blue over blue another really strong pop moment um, great use of strings and horns again the bread and butter of love's forever changes album with the strings and the horns in the arrangements As, again um, Claire's Not Real another beautiful pop song uh, <laughs> Claire's Not Real kind of tapping into certain vibes about um, people not being real which is a, a strange thing The strongest of the spoken word experimental parts on the album is My Childhood, written by, um, well it says McLean. Um, My Childhood is, My Childhood is mummified rain. My Childhood is a chord played behind another chord that isn't played. It's got some really profound lyrics. I really enjoyed it Um, and I wish there were more. Other than that, I mean, I can't go through every single track because there's so many. I really like the um, stems of a niece with this rolling groove and synths that come into it. And the last couple of tracks really hit. I Dreamed of You Maria, I think is about his uh, mother. I Dreamed of You Maria in a Doorway by the Sea. And it focuses... The thing I like about the um, the last couple of tracks is that they focus back on previous tracks on the album so we get back to the sitting in the back of the hatchback with your cigarette glowing. And the last track, A Spoken World by The Village Is Always On Fire, references the My Childhood track as well with um, some of the same lyrics that are spoken by a woman who I'm not sure of. But I can click here, can't I? No, it doesn't say either. Oh, here we go. Jessica Griffin, who are you? She does the spoken word of the would-be-goods. Noted for her precise received pronunciation accent when singing. Actually kind of like that. I don't know who you are, but if you have precise received pronunciation, I like it. Um, So... I'm being really critical about this album by mentioning Any Flaws because it is one of the best albums I've heard this year. I'll bring up Beth Orton again. The, th- the thing that made that album better than this album is she went all in. Here, I think that the, the... I look forward to the experimentation more than I do the traditional clientele songs because I feel like I've been down that road a lot. And they are a little bit samey if you bunch them all together so you do feel like they're sort of redoing the same song a bit Beth Orton's the entire songs were very different to stuff that I'd heard from her before the instrumentation and the um, the mood uh, of the tracks they were all quite long form often with very sort of almost avant garde uh, musicality to them whereas this one's more sort of here's our traditional three and a half minute psych pop song Here's here's an experimental one here's our Three and a half minute psych pop song. That's the only complaint I could have which stops it being an absolute flat out masterpiece. I'll say this, like the Beth Orton album, it has reinvigorated me into wanting to hear the next Cleantel album and where they go. I just want them to double down on this level of experimentation. Some of the spoken word ones on it were the best songs on the album for me, or at least the most interesting. Um the my childhood one, it really stuck with me. I thought it was fascinating. Um, So overall, it's a great long-form listen, it's sumptuous, it did remind me an awful lot of Love's Forever Changes, and um, yeah, a surprisingly great album, given you would always expect them to be a 7 out of 10, and this time an 8.5 out of 10, (coughs) but so nearly more for The Clean On Tail When I'm Not There Anymore.